Well, thank you for all the singing, not just tonight, but throughout the week. Thank you so much for your faithfulness being here each night in the prayer revival. And um, I know we, we have a lot of people sick, and uh, we need to pray for them. And um, I want you to pray. And I want to thank you for uh, purchasing the Bible and many of you have uh, got you a copy of it. I hope it will be a blessing to you as you read it and as you study it. Uh, the prayers of the Bible. Amen. Amen. Let me call your attention tonight uh, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 13 I have all kind of names for this sermon. <clears throat> the book of Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians is some of my f favorite uh, books to preach from. Talk about prayer a lot. And um, let's stay and read verse 13. You pray for my throat, it's pretty sore. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3. In verse 13, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not, or do not lose heart. At my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Father, I sure thank you for another day, and Lord, for another night here at the church, and and a privilege to be able to stand and just proclaim your word. What a privilege and what an honor. And Father, I pray tonight as I talk about your ableness, uh, you being able to do the impossible, Lord, help me to bring this truth out in a great, great and mighty way. And Father, I pray also for the many, many people that are members of this church that are sick. Lord, just touch their bodies. Heal them, I pray. Then, Lord, my, my own throat is sore tonight, and I pray that you will touch it and help me to be able to deliver the message in the way that you would have me to. I pray, Father, also tonight for the lost and for the backslidden, that they will come to you. The lost will be saved and the backslidden will uh, come back for, to renew their, their relationship with you. Sure, thank you. Thank you for the, for the uh, young people's choir tonight. What a, what a good job they did. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Those of you that are taking notes, and I, and I want to compliment you for taking notes, and I see a lot of you doing that and have been doing that all week long, and uh, that's a good practice to be in. 
And uh, I, I, I like to do that too. I like to take notes. Uh, when, when I'm hearing something from God, I, I, I just want to take notes. And, and I don't mind that as long as you're listening. Amen? Yeah, as long as you're listening. I don't mind you taking notes. I want you to write this first point down tonight. Paul prayed that the saints would be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. I want you to look in verse 16 of chapter 3. And, and being led by the Spirit and being uh, <coughs> uh, moved by the Spirit and being strengthened by the Spirit, let me tell you, that's a very important thing in the life of a Christian. Uh, we, we, the Holy Spirit was sent back to the earth to do those things for us, uh, to, to help us in our, in our Christian walk. And I want you to notice the wording of Paul here in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, but... I want you to notice where you are to be strengthened. You are to be strengthened in the inner man. And, and, and this verse means about the same thing as Ephesians 6.10, where it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then in Ephesians 3.16, the, the wording to be strengthened with might by his spirit and the inner man, uh, it's not just a prayer for physical strength or, in, or intellectual strength, but the strength of the inner man. We are not only to be strengthened in our mind and our soul, but we are to be strengthened in the inner man. And I want you to look in First Peter 3 and verse 4. And I know I'm going pretty fast here tonight. The Apostle Paul is speaking of the hidden man of the heart in 1 Peter 3, 4, and the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness in Ephesians 4, 24. So what is he, what is he speaking of here? He is speaking of the heart, the mind, and the soul. And so as our physical bodies needs to be strengthened every day, our inner man needs a constant supply of strength. We need his strength to bear trials. We need to bear. We need his strength to resist temptations. Uh, we need his strength to carry out his commands and to live by faith. Amen. Uh, so it's very important to to not quench the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit in our life because he is a necessity to have him in our in our life and controlling our life. Amen. We are not to let him, we are not to quench him or grieve him, but we are to welcome him into our life and let him lead us, especially in our, in our uh, prayer life. And so I want you to notice, uh, notice that the this, this strengthening here is coming from the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't believe in wildfire, and I don't believe in all this stuff that, that we are seeing today on the television, but I do believe in the Holy Spirit of God. 
I believe, I believe that we need him every day of our life. We need him uh, as our intercessor too. But we can't have him in that place if we are quenching him. See, it's so important for us to live the Bible way. It is so important for us to obey the Bible, to have a real walk with God. Because, see, if we are not walking with God, then the Holy Spirit is being quenched. He's being grieved. And what has he done to you or me to to quench him and to grieve him? Oh, my, we should love him more than that. We should should, uh, let him control our lives. I want you to look in Galatians with me. Galatians chapter 5, by making the scripture source of that joy, that joy, I, I love to get, get get joyfully, and I'm sorry I'm stuttering so much, but in Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, it says, Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, when you're going through a trying time, get you a good old song, whether you can think you can sing or not, and just get in a corner somewhere or go up in the mountains somewhere and sit on a rock and just sing. Amen? Just sing from the joy of your heart. And there's so many psalms that you could sing. There's so many other songs in the Amazing Grace is one of my favorite. How Great Thou Art is another one. And it's hard to sing those songs without getting happy. It's hard to sing those songs without getting happy, happy, or happy, happy, happy. Uh, and, and if there's a need for happiness in America, uh, if there's ever been a need for happiness in America, it's right now. And, and listen, people are telling me there's nothing to be happy about. There's nothing to be joyful about. Oh, yes, there is. Let me tell you, uh, you could be out there on your own. But you're not on your own if you're saved. God is with you. And he is there to do some things in your life. And so I may not find joy in the world. I may not find joy in in other things. But I can find joy in the Lord. Amen. And um, I want you to look in Galatians with me. Uh, One of my favorite passages. I could preach on it every night of my life because it has, it has, this passage of scripture has helped me so much in my ministry, in my daily walk with God. Uh, When I'm, when I'm having a hard time, I turn to this chapter and it just helps me. Just helps me, and so when I when I read this, and when I'm going to read it to you tonight, I doubt I'll get done. Uh, but the preacher said I might get to come back one day, so I'll just drive in a peg when I come back. Whether it's a year or ten years, I'll just pick up from where I leave off tonight. Okay, that's okay. I do that. I really do. I do that. And and the preacher sometimes get amazed at me. Brother Beckham, that's where you left off a year ago or two years ago. I said, I know. I drove in the peg right there. Amen. Well, 
What do we do with this passage of Scripture? Galatians chapter 3. This is one of these chapters that Brother Beckham gets all excited about. And I, I, I feel my throat going, I feel my voice going away. And, and I, want, I want to really be happy tonight, and I want to uh, get excited, but, but I, don't, I want you to be able to hear me too. And so I'm, I'm going to take care of my voice as I go through this, uh, these few things with you. Um, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 23, it is easy to see indeed that the fountain of strength is in the Spirit for all that... Uh, for all the nine graces of the Spirit. Notice with me in Galatians 5, verse 22, what are the graces of the Spirit? It is the fruit of the Spirit, the Bible says. But what are the fruit of the Spirit? Well, look at this. Now, I'm talking to saved people here tonight. I'm not talking to people that are members of Faith Baptist Church necessarily. I'm talking about, I'm talking to the saved people that are knows that you know that you know that you're in the family of God. Amen. I'm not just talking to those that have been baptized and got a baptism certificate. I'm talking to those that are truly born again believers. Amen. And, and, and if you are truly born again, you, it may surprise you, but, but you have love in your heart. When we become regenerated, the seed of divine love is planted in our hearts. And the Apostle Paul expresses it in this way in Romans chapter 5, in verse 5. The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts, in our hearts, by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. See, when our Lord convicted you and, and convicted me the day we got saved, do you remember that day that you really got born again into the family of God. I asked people, do you remember what you did that day? And, and, and people said, well, I remember walking down the aisle. I remember a soul winner taking me to the uh, soul winning room or at the altar. I remember him telling me to do, to if I believe this and this and this and if I would do this and this and this. And uh, and I remember, I remember all of that, Brother Beckham, but what you mean? What else is there? What? Well, what, what do you remember? There's something else you have to remember. You're leaving out something. You have told me a little bit about your life and you have told me that, that you're in and out and up and down and in your Bible one month and out of it one month and you're so winning one week and you're not doing it the next week and you're just up and down, in and out. You tie for a while, then you don't tie. And, uh, hey, can I ask you a question? Do you remember doing this? Do you remember crying out to God under conviction? Not because of a soul winner, but because of conviction of the Holy Ghost. And he's leading you to see that you are a no good sinner. And you went to the altar or you went in a back room somewhere and you asked God to save you. 
And when, if you did that, you should have love in your heart. The very moment of that encounter, you have love. He moves into your heart. And, and church, I, I have to be honest with you. Everyone I preach to and everyone I see in churches, they're not loving people. Hello? Matter of fact, they're downright hateful. Some of them. Some of them mean as a junkyard dog. Amen? I'm telling you. There, there is no difference in their life. If a man be in Christ, he is what? He's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's Bible. That's not Brother Beckham's words. And so, so I come in, I, I stand up in the pulpit, and I, and, I, and I say the things that I have said here tonight, and, and some of you are looking at me like, like a calf looking at a new gate. Go back to that day. Go back to that day whenever, whenever it was. That day that, that the Holy Spirit convicted you and moved into your life. At that very day, you could have been the most hateful guy or lady in the world. No one could get along with you. I mean, you could be just the meanest person in the world. But if you truly get born again, love himself moves into your heart. And when love himself moves into your heart, there's a difference. Amen. Amen. Now, church, please go back to the day that you said that you got saved and ask yourself, did I change that day? Is that the day that I begin to see a difference in my attitude towards people and towards people I don't I don't like and towards people that I hated and towards people? Uh, yeah, I remember that, Brother Beckham. It was amazing. I didn't ever want to speak to him again. And the very next day, I wanted to talk to him. What in the world? Well, conviction came in. You called on God's name to save you. You become a new creature. Where at one time you, you didn't like people, now you love people. Amen? Yeah. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which was given unto us. When our Lord commanded his disciples that ye love one another in John 13, 34, he was not asking them to merely show human affection for each other, but he wanted them to love each other as he loved us. Whoa. Oh, my. Huh. How many of us really loves the way that God loved us? Hello? 
It's in the book. I'm not reading out of, out of any other book but the King James Bible. Amen. You said you believe it. There it is. Are you doing it? Amen. Yeah. Oh, we're doing it. Because people's watching us. You never know who's watching you. Well, love moves into your heart at the time of, of um, your salvation. But look at something else that moves into your heart. You know what I say to people? A lot of times, people just sit there and look at me. Just, they don't smile. They just sit there and look at me. You know? And, uh, and I'll ask them sometimes, are you happy? Are you joyful? And they'll just look at me. And some of them just kind of nod their head. And I said, well, sir, ma'am, you're right here. Um, if you are joyful, would you do Brother Beckham a favor? <laughs> then I got their attention. And then I said, would you tell your face that you're happy? <laughs> that you got joy in your heart? Because I don't believe you. Amen? Yeah. But according to the Bible, when we are truly born again, we, are, we, we have the love of Christ in us and we have the joy of Christ in us. Look in James, I mean John 15 verse 11. John 15 verse 11, Jesus said, uh, These things have I spoken to you, that my joy, listen, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. And then elsewhere in the Bible commands us to rejoice sometimes. But the Bible says to rejoice evermore. And then it says rejoice always. Now, if we're not going to be Bible believers, just take your, don't even buy one of those Bibles out there. And take your Bible that you brought to church tonight and just take it home and put it in the trash can. If we're not going to live by it, why have it? Because I'll tell you, people that are not in church are happier than some of us that are in church. There are people that, that are not in church that loves in a greater way than some people that comes to church every night. It shouldn't be that way. Church people should be the most loving people in the world, but we are to be the most happiest people in the world too. Amen? Now, let me read this to you again. John 15, verse 11. <clears throat> that these things I've spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Now, someone might say, Brother Beckham, uh, 
that was written to those people of that day. That's not really for us. Really? Hmm. Who told you that? The Bible is written for all of us. I mean, if it's not written for us too, we might as well throw it away. What in the world are we doing having special meetings and and reading this book all the time and trying to... If it's not for us today, what are we doing? I might as well go ahead and tell you, I'm one of those old men that that believes it's for us today. Amen. 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 And if you don't, and if you're a preacher or a Christian, go and sell houses somewhere. (laughs) Stay out of the pulpit. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Usually, I know where the preachers are, and I just stare at them. Amen. I'm, I'm serious. If, if this book is not, if you don't believe this book is for us today, stay out of the pulpit because you're going to mess up a lot of people. You're going to mess up a lot of people. And we don't need to mess up people. We need to help people. I wrote in my notes here, I said, circumstances and events may be against us. But if we abide in him, the Holy Spirit will make us joyful. The Apostle Paul was not without sorrow, yet he could testify in 2 Corinthians 7, 4, I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulations. In 2 Corinthians 6, 10, he also said, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. When he was shipwrecked, he rejoiced. When he was snake bitten, he rejoiced. He said so. He said, I rejoice in all my tribulations. Wow. Turn with me to Psalms 5 and verse 11. Can someone get me a bottle? Of water for Paul, could you get me a bottle of water, please? Oh, I have some. Thank you. This is about two more hours. Uh, well, it felt good. Look in Psalms 5 and verse 11. Here it is. Listen to it. But let all those that put their trust in thee Hello. What does it say? Let all of those, that's you, I'm I'm hoping. Let all of those that put their trust in thee Rejoice. rejoice. But let them ever shout for joy. Why? Because thou defendest them. 
Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Have you ever met people that just says, leave me alone, let me be miserable? (laughs) Have you ever met people like that? I have actually met people like that. And, and they will be the first one to tell you that they are in the family of God and, they, that, and that they they are the greatest people, soul winners in the world, and they are the greatest this and that. And they won't even do a holy grunt when they come into the house of God. But take them to the basketball game. And let little Johnny throw the ball through the loop. And something just comes alive in that person that won't even grunt in church. I've seen it with my two eyes. Preacher, I went to this church in Georgia. And Georgia people, I'm one of them. They, I was raised to be happy. But... Walked in this church, a couple hundred people, preached my heart out. I mean, I preached at my heart out. I didn't have a sore throat. I didn't have a broken whatever it is. You know, I, I did everything but done flips down the aisle. Not a holy grunt. They sat there like this. I said, Lord, you don't have to help me. I'll, because I want to walk down there and sit, by, sit down by some of these people. Well, preacher, I had my grandson traveling with me back in that day and... and uh, I had to do certain things during the day with him, homeschooling him. And uh, so this coach came by and said, Brother Beckham, you want to go to play, see the, uh, the school team play basketball? I said, well, I'm not a basketball guy. Uh, I love baseball. I love football. That basketball stuff, I went out for the team, but I sat on the bench all the time. I, could, I just couldn't get the ball to do what the other guys could do. And I'd do this, they wanted to go this way and that way. I said, I'll go. Sat on the bench. Team came out, started the game. Boy, it was a close game. They could play ball. I noticed some of the same people that was in the bleachers was people in the church service that morning on Sunday. You know, I was just sitting there and I'm thinking, hmm, nobody's going to egg the boys on. This is the most saddest group I've ever seen. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, Grandpa sitting up in the seat. And I saw Grandpa sit in the church too. 
He was one that I eyeballed. And, and so there he is. And that little boy, he was good. He's bouncing that ball down that court. And all of a sudden, he, he put that ball in the air. And that ball, here it goes. Almost like a movie. Everybody with their mouth. <laughs> and that ball went through that loop. And that old man went crazy. That's my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. And then another one. That's my. Another one. And I thought, this is. Oh. Well, I said, Lord, do I have to go to church tonight? Can I just sit in the hotel room tonight, please? Because I know if I go. You're going to want me to say something about that. And I really want these folks to love me and, and like me. And, 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 and if I go tonight and I'm going to have to say something about that ball and that old man and I, you know. No, you're going to go to preach tonight. Okay. And it was something like this one. I said, I came in this church on Sunday morning. And I preached my heart out on the love of God. And, uh, and I didn't hear a holy grunt out of none of you. But I got something, I, I, I learned something about you all today. I learned that you got it in you. But it takes a basketball to bring it out of you. So, Pastor, I recommend you get you a basketball, put a loop up there, and get one of these boys or girls uh, for that ball and let it go for that loop. Oh, boy, you better get ready. Revolution. It's going to revolutionize your church. Amen. But that shouldn't revolution. You know what should revolutionize our church? The Holy Ghost when we get saved. Amen. We should be the most joyful, loving people in all the world. Hmm. And then in closing, I told you I wasn't going to get done. But, but look at the next one, the peace of God. People just no peace anymore. There's just no peace in our churches. And but where there is love in the heart, joy is sure to follow, and this will bring peace. It should it should do that. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on in our churches. That's not the way it is in our churches, but that's the way it is in the Bible. So which one is right? Is the Bible right or is what we see in churches is right? You know, I don't know, I don't know 
what's, what it's going to take. Just don't know what it's going to take to wake us up. Is it going to take losing our freedom? Freedom to work where we want to work. Freedom to worship where we want to worship. What is it going to take? Because I hear it won't never happen to America. In closing tonight, I was in Gullion's bookstore in King, North Carolina, almost a year ago, maybe over a year ago. I heard a man say to the owner, Dwight Gullion, do you have so-and-so book in here? And Dwight said, I don't know. But I know someone that would know. He knows my store better than I do. That little gray-haired man right over there. Well, that was me. I looked around. Here comes this guy from another country. He told me the book that he was looking for. And, and I, I pointed over, over to that section. And I said, let me walk over there with you. And as I was walking, Dwight was walking with us, and, and, and we walked by my book, and my book's on the shelf. And Dwight said, by the way, Brother Beckham is, is an author, and he's wrote all these books here. And the man said, I will come back. I'm looking for this book. I didn't know that I was talking to a modern martyr. I didn't know. In his country, he has been put in a hole in the ground called a dungeon, prison, rats, roaches, no bathroom, nothing for months. This man has been burnt almost to death. This man has been, and I could go on and on and on. He and his daddy both. Worldwide ministry. Got 2,000 children, I believe it is, that they feed every month. Pray in all this money every month. He comes to America every two weeks. Then he goes back knowing he's going to be burnt again, knowing he's going to be beat almost to death again. That's happening today. Yeah. I get his texts every day. I got one today. If I had time, I would read it to you. The guy, he's one of the most loving guys. He loves his people. He puts himself on the line 
every month of his life. He knows when he gets on that plane and he lands in his country, he's going to either get killed or, or get almost killed. But he goes anyway. He's jolly. Yeah, most just happy, happy. I've been to his country. I don't want to go back to his country. I will, I will, Lord. I will. If you want me to, I'll go. But I tell you, demons everywhere. Gods everywhere. By the thousands, gods everywhere. You say, that won't happen in America, Brother Beckham. We are civilized, really. So civilized people kills children? Unborn babies? Huh? Civilized people dope their heads just out of, just completely dope yourself to the point you're crazy? Does civilized people do that? Does civilized people go into a restaurant and kill 15, 20 people? See, we are doing everything in America that uncivilized nations does. And we sit in our churches and buddy, oh buddy, we are. mm, We better wake up. That's all I can say. We We better wake up. Because we might find ourselves, because if they take over America, they're going to tear down our hotels. That's what I call our prisons. We put men in prison. We feed them steak dinner. We put weights in the weight room where they can stay fit. We pay their education where they can earn lawyers' degrees to get themselves out of out of prison. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Is, is that civilized? Huh. The only way we're going to turn this is for people like you and me get serious about prayer. Amen. I know it sounds odd, but that's what it's going to take. Prayer. Jesus said, Faith Baptist Church, I love you. And I want you to love me. I want you to talk to me. Amen. I want you to talk to me. And I just heard someone say, be still. That wouldn't that would help us too, whoever said that. Be still. Be still and know I am God. I love you, church. Thank you for having me, Brother Polly. But that's it. 
I, I don't think I need to say any more. But go home and, and find out all of those fruits. There's nine of them. I dealt with two and a half of them. There's nine fruits that we as God's children should have if we are truly born again. If you're not truly born again, you're not going to have those things. So go back to the day that you say you got saved and go through, go through it and see if you even ask God to save you that day. Because hundreds of people have told me that is the one thing I don't remember doing. I remember crying, I remember this, I remember that, but I do not remember crying out to God in, under conviction of the Holy Spirit. Father, I love you. I pray tonight, Lord, that the people in this room will do exactly what I've asked them to do and make sure that they are in the family and have that relationship with you. Not just some formal membership in a, an association of some type. God help us. I love you. In Jesus' name. As